Welcome to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the Broadmoor Baptist Church of Baton Rouge podcast. Preparing the way. What a fitting scripture this morning. The day when we celebrate baptism. John calling us to a baptism of repentance. Saying prepare the way. Years ago, Canadians had to prepare for Queen Elizabeth's royal visit to their country. One way... They did this was by repairing a highway they had named for her, the Queen Elizabeth Highway. But the road was in shambles. In fact, it had never been completed. Either it was forgotten or underfunded. So by the time they announced her visit, they began completing that highway. And then, because of the years of wear and tear on what was completed, they had to begin making repairs. So when they finished repairing the Queen Elizabeth Way, they had completed it, paved it, painted it, and even hung up flowers along the way. Prepare the way. By the looks of things around here, we're preparing the way for something big, for a special visitor not just Santa. 
We've put up the tree. We've hung ornaments and chrismons. There's garland. We've lit candles. We've enjoyed Advent devotions. We've sung Christmas songs, heard choir specials and children's programs coming up. And we'll go caroling because we're preparing the way. I can imagine your homes even look prepared or beginning to. I bet you have your tree up, maybe some presents under the tree already, lights on the tree, maybe some garland, maybe you've been baking cookies with the children or grandchildren, watching your favorite Christmas movies, listening to your favorite Christmas songs. How are you preparing the way? John the Baptist was standing at the water's edge, the Jordan River, middle of the wilderness, wearing camel hair shirt, full of locusts and wild honey, hair a mess, preaching at the top of his lungs. We better get prepared because Messiah is coming and that isn't something you take lightly. John is preaching someone else's sermon, by the way. He's preaching Isaiah's sermon from chapter 40 verses 3 through 5 a voice cries out in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god every valley shall be lifted up every mountain and hill made low and uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain then the glory of the lord shall be revealed and all people shall see together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. When Isaiah's listeners heard this, they were in exile. Some were in another country, others oppressed in their home country, Israel. None, though, were free from those governments. They heard Isaiah preaching about a king coming to save them, to bring freedom to them to bring them out of oppression. Now, when a king like that is coming, you make haste. You don't wait around. You want to remove all obstacles for him to come quickly. Prepare the way. Prepare the roads. Maybe you've seen the terrain in Israel. Maybe you've been there. Building and repairing roads in Israel is quite an undertaking. The ground is rock and sand mostly. Everywhere you look, there are mountains and hills and just as many valleys and ravines. It's one extreme or the other. The terrain is so extreme that one day while riding our bus in southeast Israel, bus driver told us to notice the markings on the mountains as we descended. I recall a sign at one point, 2,000 to 3,000 feet above sea level. We finally descended more and more. Gradually, I remember coming across a sign and the bus stopping at sea level. But then we kept going down, down, down until we reached the Dead Sea, the lowest place on earth. So if a king is going to make haste to Israel, we're going to have to fill some ravines Push down some big hills in extreme terrain. Fill the potholes. Remove the boulders. 
John says Jesus the Messiah is coming, so make his travel smooth. Remove obstacles. Make his arrival quick. You have to prepare the way. But don't go raising taxes necessarily for highway projects. Well, you can't hear, I suppose. John was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So when Jesus comes, you prepare your life, your heart. By the, time, by the time John preaches Isaiah's sermon, the sermon has gone from political to spiritual. You see? When Isaiah preached, it meant a literal road, ravine, mountains. John meant that we prepare our hearts and our behaviors. Because even though we can't save ourselves, there is something we can do. Just first imagine your heart your behaviors as a rough, rocky, curvy, mountainous, valley-ridden terrain. And then you make a way for Jesus by making improvements such that nothing will slow down his making a home in your life. What repairs do you need to make? How are we going to prepare for Jesus? What excesses are there in our lives that need clearing away? What attitude obstacles need straightening? What worn out relationships need rebuilding? What are the obstacles that would make Christ's visit to you rough? What could slow down his arrival? Where are the potholes? We cannot save ourselves. It takes God for that miracle. But we can do something. John says we can. Repent, he says. Repent. Metaneo. Change direction. To turn. The image is simply of people walking in one direction and deciding, choosing to turn to walk the other direction. Repent. Turn. And go a different way. So it isn't necessarily waiting to be slain in the spirit or some inexplicably emotional experience, though it can be. It is simply to change directions. Prepare the way. Surprise visits. Do you like them? I don't think John likes surprises. It doesn't sound like he likes surprises as much as he talks about being prepared. I like a good surprise. It was my parents' anniversary. In one year, we made a surprise visit. We lived 11 hours away. Usually we just sent a card. Rarely ever sent a gift, maybe made a phone call. One particular year, we decided we would surprise them. We made our usual call, but it was from the highway. When we arrived at the door, my mother answered the door. She saw us. She left for a couple of minutes, overwhelmed by emotion, and came back all excited and teary-eyed. My dad was also unprepared. He was characteristically stretched out on the sofa asleep. And so we walked in, Dad, Dad. He woke up with a startled look on his face. It took him a moment. Eventually, he came around and smiled and said, well, I'll be. Yeah. Surprises can be good. 
John, what's so bad about surprises? Surprises from God. He doesn't want us to be surprised. But maybe John wants us to surprise him. Think about that. Maybe John wants us to surprise him. Here's what happened when the Pope surprised a small church with his visit. One day it was announced that the Pope would be coming to town in one week. He would come to a certain church in town. It was a surprise to everyone, even a surprise to the bishop. Well, clearly they had to spiff up the church, right? All those overdue repairs that needed to be made, cleaning the stained glass windows, repairing them, purchasing any new robes that needed to be purchased, putting new updated computers in their school classroom, touching up with paint, all the things that have to be done for an important visit. Now, there was talk about all of this repairing, improving the image of the church. There's always talk in the church, by the way, as you know. Always someone talking. Some people said, why don't we just let the Pope see us the way we really are? And some people said, well, isn't this a lot of money to be spending just because the Pope is coming? And still others said, why do we have to wait until the Pope comes before we do all these things we know we need to do anyway? So there was, as you can imagine, some jockeying for responsibilities. Who would get to usher the Pope? Who would get to participate in the service? The decision then came from the bishop that the eighth graders, the eighth graders would lead the worship service. The Pope have, has advanced people. They're advanced people like the Secret Service. They showed up. Secret Service, of course, was there. Everyone was a nervous wreck a week before the Pope arrived. Virtually no one except the dog and babies slept the night before. But everything went perfect. He praised the church. Praised the people for all their hard work. Seventh grade girls said, let's do it again. That was fun. Well, no one agreed with her. But she was right. It can be fun being surprised. But it can be stressful too. John doesn't want us to be surprised. Doesn't want a stressful visit from Christ. Wants us, I think, to be the ones to surprise him. And maybe this, the pastor of an inner city congregation had started a soup kitchen in his basement. Started for, in that part of the city, a lot of derelicts and homeless people. He said these needy folks flocked to their church day in and day out, coming to get the help they needed to survive. Well, over time, these derelicts and homeless folks begin wandering into the 11 o'clock worship service. And some of the uh, upper middle class folk in that church became uncomfortable with these lower class visitors. Eventually one of the church leaders, a deacon, took the pastor aside and asked him, 
do these people have to be here with us? Can't we provide a special service just for them? The pastor answered, well, I think everybody should have a chance to meet Jesus face to face. The deacon said, of course, everybody should have a chance to meet Jesus. I think they should have the same opportunities to meet Jesus face to face as we all do. The pastor shot back, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. Is that what it means to be prepared? Because Jesus can surprise us anytime, any place, through anyone. I don't know. I don't know that I can even tell you how you need to prepare for Christ. Each of us is different. So different. Some of us are full of potholes. We're crooked. There are ravines. There are mountains. Boulders. All I know is that there is still time to prepare for his coming. The question is not if he's coming, but when he comes. When he comes, who will be surprised more? You or him? I think we all want the one to be surprised to be him. Pray with me, please. Lord, we know you're on the way. We know you're coming. But it's been a long journey and we've forgotten. Or we've just gotten used to this delay. Or we just haven't had eyes to see that you are around us already. Show up for us and give us eyes to see you in our midst this Advent, this Christmas. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the Baltimore Baptist Church of Baton Rouge podcast. Please like, review, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. If you have any questions, please submit them through the Anchor app or join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. right in our own Broadmoor Baptist Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Otherwise, I hope you have a good week.